all in back and we're well rested and have uh, got, got into the day. It'll catch up with us a little bit later uh, tonight. You know, the bumper pretty well sums it up for us as we uh, shift gears just a bit, as we uh, consider our uh, common life together as a church, uh, even our support of that uh, common life as we consider our financial stewardship. There are just some things that we... Uh, can do together that we just cannot do if left to ourselves. During this uh, time of uh, considering our, uh, our, our life as a community, a faith community, as we uh, consider our financial stewardship, we uh, will be uh, looking at what it means to be uh, partners in the gospel. Paul coined the phrase, a partnership in the gospel. We'll learn more about that as uh, as, as things develop here. I'll be the first to tell you that uh, I am not a lawyer. I'm, uh, I'm, it's just not in my nature to be one. I'm by no means a, a legalist, although I really do try to uphold the law. I do know enough about the law to know that there are all sorts of uh, different kinds of partnerships that can be formed. A partnership is, a, is essentially a, a conformity to a shared vision, and there's agreement of, of those who are a, a part of that shared vision that, yeah, we will together, in partnership, make effort to, uh, to meet that vision. There's some self-sacrifice that uh, is, is a part of that. Uh, there is a, certainly a desire to uh, to, to see that as a priority, to meet that shared vision. I've learned that uh, one type of partnership that, that pushes that envelope just a bit is, uh, is a limited liability partnership. A limited liability partnership, or an LLP, essentially states that those in partnership are not liable for the actions of the other. Essentially, an LLP will say, you do your thing, I'll do mine. A partnership, I think, ought to cut much deeper. It should involve that sort of self-sacrifice around that vision. It should be riveted on that clear and compelling vision. And it should involve everyone, a, a part of that partnership, moving toward that, uh, that vision moving in the same direction. Partnerships that work well are based on relationships, relationships that are strong and secure. Everyone works toward the, the same goal, no matter how broadly that goal may be defined. Partnerships don't mean that everybody thinks alike. They just mean that everyone involved is moving along in the same direction. This morning, we read about a, a partnership, a partnership in the gospel. It's a partnership that was struck between the Apostle Paul and his beloved church in, in Philippi. Let's, let's pause to, to read a, a bit about that partnership. Let's uh, hear this from Philippians 1, verses 3 through 6. We find this from God's Word. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy 
because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. This is God's word for God's people. Thanks be to God. I get a mission letter about three or four times every week. A mission letter is a correspondence from some missionary or some mission sharing about their work. A mission letter usually contains a a word of thanks, an explanation of the work that is done either by that missionary or that mission, a request for prayer, and of course, an appeal for financial support. Now, I'm not put off by mission letters. It it might be that you are, but I'm not that way. To the contrary, I enjoy reading them. I enjoy learning about God's work uh, near and far. In some cases, I will even uh, partner with a mission by, by, by sending them some financial support. You might say that, that Paul's letter to the church in, in, in Philippi was a mission letter of sorts. He was writing to a church that he deeply loved. In fact, he expresses his joy about the church. The word joy is, is shared uh, separately 16 times in this re- relatively short letter. Paul is quick to share how he thanks God every time he remembers the Philippians. He states that his prayers for them are always filled with joy. Last week, uh, Ashley gave us a bit of information about the church in Philippi. She did that against the backdrop of Lydia's conversion and the conversion of her household, all of whom were centered in and around Philippi. Lydia was the first convert in Macedonia. She and her household were one to the faith, and they helped to form the the foundation of that fledgling church. Later on, Paul would free a, a slave girl of a demonic spirit, which eventually landed him in jail, but brought her to the place of acceptance of Christ, and she too would become a part of that fledgling church. While in jail, Paul, along with with Silas, found themselves uh, being supervised by the jailer there, and in the mix of that, the jailer was one to Jesus, the Philippian jailer, this uh, group of uncommon converts, this divergent group of of those who are accepting Christ formed the nucleus of the Philippian church, a church that abounded in every way. Paul, on the other hand, upon uh, leaving jail, was asked to leave town, partly because the the powers that be found out that he, uh, he was a Roman citizen and they feared what he might do in response to him being put in jail. And the best way for them to deal with that was just to ask him to to leave town. The church of uh, Philippi was left to fend for themselves upon uh, Paul's dismissal from town. They were left to fend for themselves, save for the very power of the Holy Spirit in their midst. 
Paul eventually made his way back to Rome and was placed under house arrest. Essentially, he was in a rented home, but he was confined there. Even though he was imprisoned, if you will, Paul had a steady stream of people to come by and and see him. Not to be undone because of his imprisonment, Paul continued to spread the gospel, to lift high the name of Jesus to all who would come and see him there under house arrest. So while under house arrest, it was, uh, it's recorded that Paul received a, a handsome gift from the Philippian church. His thank you to that church is what we have come to know as the book of Philippians. Paul expressed his thanks for their partnership in the gospel. Paul clearly felt a, a kinship for that, with that church. He, he knew that they were all, all on the same page with him when it came to the good news of Christ. All of that was cemented by the financial gift that the church offered to Paul in his ministry. As we've already mentioned, partnership can mean many things. It certainly means fellowship. It means uh, being of the same mind. It also has a financial component to, to it. The gift the Philippians shared with Paul brought them closer together. Paul felt a, a, a deeper kinship with them, and, and in, their, in, in the Philippian church expressing themselves, they, they felt the, the same sort of kinship with him. Paul knew this. Paul knew that their pocketbook was aligned with their heart. We would all do well to see uh, where our hearts are in regard to those things that we give in support the ministry of the church, certainly our, our, of our financial resource. Paul knew when it came to the Philippian church that their pocketbook was a line with their heart, not only for him, but also for the gospel. And herein we find the, the, the very reason for their partnership in the gospel. As I mentioned uh, earlier, Paul wrote to a church that he... Uh, he deeply loved. He was a deeply uh, appreciative for the support the church directed his way. Paul expressed his, uh, his appreciation not only to the church, but he did that to God on, on any number of occasions. In fact, Paul regularly prayed for the, for the church there in Philippi, thanking God for who they were and for the very things that they were doing. He writes, I, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. The partnership that, that Paul talks about was, without a doubt, founded in Jesus. And you and I need to remember that as we uh, consider our own part in the partnership of this church. Whatever we do, however we express ourselves, it needs to be expressed against the backdrop of our faith and devotion to Jesus. The partnership between Paul and the Philippian church was expressed in a generosity that was born out of a deep desire to, to be faithful to Jesus 
we, we also need to remember that as we consider our partnership in this church. And so this partnership that Paul talks about was, was founded in Jesus. And in those varied ways, notwithstanding the, the financial response that, that, that those in Philippi were making, all of that uh, uh, comes to, to the fore of being founded in, in Jesus Christ. The Philippian church gave themselves to Jesus, first and foremost. They also gave themselves to, to one another. Theirs was not a, a business partnership. Theirs was a, a spiritual partnership. It was a partnership that was based on relationships, a relationship certainly with God through Jesus Christ and relationship with, uh, with other people. Those relationships uh, really made the partnership uh, strong and, and viable and vital in every way. And that same sort of thing will be the case for, for you and me, will be the case for us as we partner in the gospel. Strong relationship with God, strong relationships with one another. Those re relationships always increase the like likelihood of achieving vision and amplifying reach into the world. You know that one of the core values of this church is community. That, that notion of community cuts a, a couple of different ways. It, it needs a little bit of unpacking. First, we are a community. I, I hope you sense that all the time, that you experience the actual community of this church. I, I know I do, and I am thankful for it in, 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 in so many ways. Second, we're involved in community. We're involved in the community that is beyond us in, in, in so many ways. And I'm thankful, as I know that you are, that the core value of community is played out as a part of the life of this church in, in so many ways, particularly as we seek to be involved with the community beyond us. There are very few instances during the week when people from the community around us aren't in this building. As I've often heard about St. John, the lights are always on at St. John. And that's not because we forgot to turn the lights out. That's because the lights needed to be on so that, that, that people could be able to, to, to do the things that they have come to do. Our desire to reach out to those around us is born out of our own sense of community. Community clearly expresses who we are and how we do life together. Just like Paul in the Philippian church, we too are in partnership with one another a partnership that has its foundation in Jesus and expresses itself in a deep love, not only for one another, a part of our faith community, but for those who are beyond us. In fact, the strength of our community together gives us the confidence to move forward into the life of the world, to begin to build community for Christ out there. Over the next couple of weeks, 
we'll be considering our partnership in the gospel. We'll continue to dive deeply in the, into the book of uh, Philippians. We'll, we'll see uh, how God used the Philippians. We'll also be considering how God is using us. To no one's surprise, we are entering a season of considering our financial stewardship. And that's nothing to apologize for. I've, I've, I've never been uh, bashful about such things because for me anyway, I've found that my expression of, that, of, of faith in Jesus is, is, is oftentimes best uh, reflected in, in what I give. There's all sorts of reasons for that, but, but giving is a great barometer of, of attempting to understand where we are in Christ. Again, how we express ourselves in our giving reflects our devotion to Christ. And not just to Christ, but to His church. It also reflects what we think about our partnership as we move toward fulfilling that vision of making a difference by following Christ, by offering hope, by serving others, and by loving everybody. I'm learning these days uh, more and more about the, the power of a narrative budget, a budget that's not so much dollars and cents and percentages, lines on a, on a page, but, but a budget that's an, an engine of sorts that, that helps us to get to, to where we understand God wants us to be. I'll be talking over the next couple of weeks about varied aspects of our budget that hopefully will give you a better understanding, a better idea about how the money given to this church is, is actually used. So this morning, I, I wanted to talk about what on face value is one of the more mundane parts of our, of our budget. Today, we, we talk about the facility. Right at about 25%, just a, a little bit above, 25% of our ministry budget goes to support the building. That includes keeping it repaired, well-insured, cool in the summer and warm in the winter. It also includes the money that we spend to pay those who, who clean it and who see to the upkeep of the building, both inside and outside. It also goes to help keeping the, the grounds in good order. Ashley sent me a, a podcast a, a few weeks back where the fellow sharing talked about how disingenuous it was to only talk about the, the ways that you spend money in missions when trying to inspire people to give, particularly when so much money is spent on building. And again, for us in the ministry budget, it's about, uh, about 25%. I'm not unashamed uh, about the amount that we, we spend on our facility. You know, it'd be one thing that here in about a half hour, we took the key and turned it and kept the door locked. And then seven days later, we would show up at the church a little bit before 8.30 and unlock it and come in for worship again. You know, it'd be one thing if that, that was the case, but, but you and I both know that that is not the case when it comes 
to the ministry of this church and the use of this facility. Nothing could be further from the truth. As I said earlier, and you, you know it to be true, this building is open for ministry pretty much all the time. It was that way when I was here over 25 years ago, and it is the same even today. So how do we fund the, the upkeep of this wonderful facility, which I consider not only God's gift to this congregation, but to our community as well? First, the ongoing upkeep and maintenance of the building is supported by the ministry budget of the church, the very budget that you will be asked to pledge your support to here over the next couple of weeks. Now, hear me. I, I talked about those sort of ongoing uh, issues that, that come up, Th those things that are just daily, weekly, monthly. You get the idea. Second, the, the more long-term repair and replacement issues that so often come up are funded through either restricted or unrestricted reserves, which the church has accumulated over time. This year alone, we have uh, replaced the roof, carpeted the education wing, upgraded our computer system to make it safer from being hacked. Yeah, even the church has got to be concerned about such things. We even replaced one of our major HVAC uh, units uh, uh, back earlier in the year. The upcoming renovation of the, of the sanctuary will also utilize these, uh, these restricted and unrestricted funds. So let me say a word about that. In a word, when it comes to those large capital expenditures, we're going to be okay. Hear me on that. In fact, we're going to be better than okay. Trust me in that. No, trust God in that. God has been so good, and he will continue to be good. God will continue to provide. The rest of the narrative budget will be a little bit more exciting because we've got a lot of exciting things go on. But if you want to test me in some of the things that uh, I'm sharing, why don't you stop over, say, tomorrow night, and the gym will be full with kids from our community having uh, assessments for Upward. Or any day, any night of small groups here and there and all over the place. Or early in the morning with uh, preschool uh, coming through the doors. Or later in the afternoon with buses dropping students uh, from uh, our two elementary schools to our after-school adventures. Scout troops in and out. All sorts of uh, things going on throughout the week, notwithstanding all the great things that are directly related to the very core of who we are as a church. Paul writes to the church in Philippi that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. I hold the enviable, enviable position of having served this church when it was just getting started. God began 
a good work in us then, and he will carry it on to completion, even to the day of Christ's return. I do so believe that. Do you? I think you do. Because you know who it is we serve. Christ our Lord. And he is the very one who sustains us, who provides for us. He is the very one who gives us our life. And in him we rejoice in the partnership of the gospel that we have as a faith community. May God bless us all. Ashley.